everybody and welcome to another episode of True Stories of Tinseltown and I am so happy today. I have a wonderful guest for us and he's also swell. He is, I got a major crush on him and you guys will L-O-V-E him and the man is named Eddie Muller. Hey Eddie, welcome. I am so thrilled you're on again. Oh, thank you, Grace. It's nice to be back. It's been far too long. And now that you've, like, revealed on air that you have a crush on me, that's I'm going to have to live up to that, I guess. Well, See how I, do. <laughs> I told you the last time, and I still get made fun of about it, but I said, how can I help it? And then a friend of mine said to me, tell a guy, uh, he said, tell Eddie I have a crush on him, too. So there we go. <laughs> okay. I said, so you're crushable. Okay, so of course <laughs> we know wow, Eddie. Crushable. You are. That's, you're that's you're just okay. the cat's meow. What can I say? So Eddie is... Uh, We know him, mostly. We found him, thankfully, for TCM Finey Eddie and making him um, the noir alley guy. And I love it. And I I love that they changed you as well to timing the witching hour Saturday at midnight. (laughs) Yes, yes, that was... uh... That was pretty fun. Yes. It, but I have to tell you right off, the, the the only drawback to that, to having a Saturday, late Saturday night spot and an early Sunday morning spot, is that I can never in my introduction, you may notice this, I can never say, good evening. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I can't say, good morning. If you go back and look at the earliest shows, I was I was always saying, good morning. You know, blah blah blah, and and I'd make some gag about you know, are you coming out of the hangover yet or whatever? Yeah, I know. And, and but now it's like I'm I'm in limbo because I can't specify which time it is because people could be watching either time. Well, I just beat it all by DVRing. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. I can you know I can replay and replay and and look and see this. Gorgeous Palooka, wordsmith. Okay, let's get some of the words here. You're a wordsmith. You're a Renaissance man. You are uh, the king of noir, and you're not self-proclaimed. Other people have claimed that. And you know what? You. I'm claiming you as the king of noir because you really are. And um, the Marsha Brady of TCM, do you know what I mean by that? Well, that's a first. Now you have thrown me for a loop. Uh, I'm the Marsha Brady of TCM. Yes, what because is, how do how do I how do I rate that? I, I died. Ben Mankiewicz. I and I know he. Uh, whatever on Twitter, he said Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. That's all I hear about is Eddie. Oh, 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 so oh, he was oh. channeling his inner Jim Marcia, Brady. Marcia, Marcia. Yes. Yeah, so okay, okay. Eddie, you overshowered. So he was feeling very insecure and very Jim Brady, and he wanted to. Remove Move all your trophies from TCM and, you know, stomp up the stairs. But so that's why I called you the Marsha Brady of TCM. 
I see. There you go. Well, I hate I hate to disappoint anybody, but Ben and I are like best pals. I know you are. So all, no, I knew I knew it was a, just a, a joke. A lark, I know, know it was so funny. I laughed my head off. I know he likes. I know you guys are really good pals. <laughs> And I laughed when I saw that. I thought it was a riot. Um, you were also. I know that was that was amusing. He said, uh, "You know, <laughs> all I ever hear at work is Eddie, Eddie, Eddie." And I, I texted him back and I said, "Well, Ben, when you start hearing it at home, is when you really have to worry." Which is true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't take it in any way other than it was just fu- funny and hysterical. And I knew you can tell you guys are buds. Um, yeah, so you are also founder and president. How does it, you know, I, I, I try to figure out being president of something, and I am, I guess I'll call myself president of my apartment, I guess. But you, you are. You can do it, sure. Yeah, founder and president. President, president of the Homeowners Association. <laughs> one, there's one member, and you are the president. Well, yes. actually, it's um, apartment renter. <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> it's New York City. I'm divorced. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if you do, well, here's the thing. The, the foundation you're referring to, the Film Noir Foundation, is, you know, a, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, and you have to have a president in order to get that standing with the government. Right. So I am the president. I mean, I'm As well, you should be. You're the founder, for goodness sakes. Well, I mean, I, I will always be the founder, but I mean, someday if I, if I, you know, vanish unexpectedly, there could be another president, you know, so who knows? Yes. Maybe it'll be me. You never know. We'll keep, we'll keep you in mind since you so obviously desperately want to be president of something. <laughs> I don't, but I figured, what the heck? Um, so I am thrilled that you're still with TCM and I want to ask you some questions. And also okay. I want to talk about a book that I love and why in the world maybe I'll just mention I hope I wrote it you wrote it and you're not getting money for it Uh, the dames the dames book I adore dark city dames the wicked women of film I adore that book I had to get it I I looked when I got it because I checked it out today to see if it had been uh you know re-released another printing or whatever and it's not the only way you can get it is through other buyers and so when i got it i got it it shows me you've bought this book in to like january 2018 and i remember paying uh, i think i paid about 33 bucks for it i had to buy, and it's in like a library one and yeah. then now you've gone up bub 54 is the cheapest people can go to get your book well, let let all those resellers have their moment of glory because I finally got the rights to that book back. And I'm, I'm so glad. To, uh, I'm hoping to, you know, put out a uh, an updated edition. It won't change anything in the book, but I will find I will be able to write an afterword to the book in the new edition because sadly all of the women were all alive when I did the book. Yes. They've, they've all passed away, and uh, and so I can now write about them a little more openly than I, well, I, it's not, I don't want to give people the wrong idea. I, I mean, I'm not in the book, right? I'm not a character in no, the book. No, 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 you're doing the interviews. But now I would be yeah. able to write an afterword in which I can actually talk about my personal relationships with them, and, which is what I would really love to do, because oh, I, I adored them all. I and them so all. did I, Eddie, and what a great job writing. I love the way you did it. I am so happy to hear that you got the rights back and it's coming out, and I, I will 
buy it because I want to read the whole thing. But these women, you had these incredible women on it, Jane Greer, uh, Anne Savage, Holy Heartbreak. Yeah, that's quite a story. Yeah. Evelyn Keys, Marie Windsor, and Audrey Totter. Audrey seemed... And, and Colleen, and Colleen Gray. Oh, yes, yeah. and Colleen Gray. Those were the six. Yes. Yeah. Um, Audrey seemed the most... Um, uh, I, I Uncomplicated. Was, right. She was cool. I loved her later. I love... Because you, you kind of go into the beginning of their careers, and then... You go later on, and you talk about the later stuff. And Audrey was cool. She dated Clark Gable. I loved her intention. How wonderful was she in that? Postman oh, yeah, yeah, rings yeah. twice, boom. She was just fabulous, but she was an interesting woman. And then she married her doctor. What a funny way to do that. But I loved that she gave you she, and, and I have to tell you, she was, well, it's funny. Grace, you're selling a book that people can't easily get right now. So uh, have me on again. Okay. When the book is actually Because I just uh, read it. Okay, we will. Yeah. When is it going to be reprinted? Yeah. You definitely do it. Because I'm, working, it. I'm working on that. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping soon because it's not a book that needs any real revision. No. I mean, I just, uh, definitely. I just write the new yeah. afterward to the book, and, and that's about it. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping soon. I will definitely keep you posted. And definitely, okay, so we'll talk about it because I loved it so much, and I love the women. And I, I, I enjoy that book very much. That was an important book to me. I, I learned a lot in uh, working on that book, uh, and and all of those women were very, very special to me. And I remember saying to my uh, to my wife when the whole thing was finally done, I had the weirdest uh, like fit of melancholy at the end of that. And and usually she sees me being <laughs> very upbeat when a project uh, is concluded. Yeah. Is what's wrong? And I said, well, there are six funerals I really don't want to go to. Uh, because they were all in their 80s. Yeah. You know, when, when I interviewed them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as much as... And it was like you just made all these fantastic new friends. And it's like you're only going to get a short while with them, obviously. So and it was bittersweet. And they knew it, and I knew it. And it was, it was very bittersweet, very much so. But definitely come on, because I just love that book. And I, I will promote it with you big time. I think it's fabulous. Thanks. Um, I want to ask you something. We, I emailed you about something uh, a repeat performance. I said, had you ever seen this movie? Ha ha, of course mm-hmm. you had. And you told me that you guys the, were restoring it. Correct. Um, so it got pulled off of Amazon because that's where I found it. And um, what a wonderful Good. movie. <laughs> when is Good, that? So it because, was- the, because the restored version will eventually be on Amazon. I mean, yes. we're going through all of this right now. We're we the film has been restored. The film will actually be broadcast December twenty eighth on TCM. As, Perfect as timing. Our Alley New Year's Eve right show. You know, New Year's show. Uh huh. Um, and and then shortly thereafter, it will be released on Blu Ray and uh, on streaming services and all this stuff. And right now, we're just negotiating all the details of those of those various platforms. Uh, but yes, repeat performance will, uh, will live again. I'm happy to say. Where did you find, where do you find these movies? Where did you find that one and decide, okay, we're going to restore this? 
Um, that was a case of, um, you're kind of getting a little bit of my intro now that will be on in December. Uh, that was the case of people telling me about it because it was without question the most asked about film. Uh, yes, because I would get emails from people saying, I remember seeing this movie where this happens and, and do you remember the title of that film and why have I never seen it again? Um, and, and I, yeah, more than any other movie, that's the one. Hmm, it's people inquired great. About. Because, because it's a, it's a very unique, uh, story, you know, and it, it's, uh, has a supernatural element to it. That very is not cool. Common for film yeah. Noir. Very cool. Uh, and, um, anyway, so when we finally did locate a 35-millimeter print of the film, uh, that was kind of, a big, kind of a big deal. And then we it set about restoring it, and there you have it. it, it it's been a little while now, um, but it's, we've been trying diligently to negotiate for getting the thing because it does have a rights holder. Sometimes we restore these films and there is no rights holder, like right. Woman on the Run or Too Late for Tears or Trapped, the film that we most recently restored. Uh, with Barbara Payton. Shortly. Is that what With Barbara, Barbara Payton, Payton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very. That's good knowledge. That is good knowledge, Grace. Thank you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's much easier when there's no rights holder. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is with repeat performance, and we're dealing with all of that. Um, you know, because it's an interesting situation where the rights holder isn't necessarily in a position to restore the film. Right. And, and so if we're going to restore the film, we have to be sure that our investment in the film uh, will, quote unquote, pay off because we don't want to spend this money restoring a film for the benefit of the rights holder who, you know, can can make money from the film once we restore it, right? So uh, we just want everybody to get what's coming to them. Of course. Uh, but it has to kind of be an equitable Most situation definitely. if we're going to fill out the money up front. So Def. that's how that works. Yeah, so people will love that. I, I remember you saying that Christmas Eve was going to come out. Did you guys ever get the rights to show that? Uh, is that the one with George Raft? No, no. This is a different one. It's um, really dark. It's a noir. It's with um, Deanna Durbin. Oh, you mean Deanna? Oh, yeah, Christmas Holiday. Oh, is that it? That's Christmas, Christmas Holiday. Holiday, yeah. With Gene Kelly and Deanna Durbin, yeah. And, oh, my God, I love that movie. Me, and too. Uh, oh, my God. There are there are issues with that that mm. we are looking into now, and it's a, it's a rights situation. I have to tell you, Grace, I'm a, I'm a tiny bit uncomfortable talking about this stuff, you know, in the media. Okay, so we because, won't because because there, but it, it's a it's a two way street on this. I I want people to know what the situation is because they very often just aggressively ask, why haven't you shown this or why don't you show that movie? And they don't have an appreciation for how difficult it is to negotiate these rights issues. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand how rights lapse and their underlying literary rights to right. movies that are made and all this stuff. They don't uh, get the complication, uh, the complications yeah, and it's, and it's, of it, that it's not like presto, whammo, here's the movie. It is not yeah. presto. No whammo <laughs> at all, and 
And it also involves, you know, you asked a question a little while ago where you said, how do you find these things, right? How do you find a film that's lost in order to restore it? And honestly, in many cases, Grace, the answer is we find it from the people who own it, right? They just, they're not all big multinational corporations. Some of them are, and they still, even if they're a big corporation, they may not even know they own this film. They may not care about the film. Um, you know, so these are complicated issues. And in other cases, they're companies that are barely hanging on, you know, and, and they have a film library on paper, but they don't necessarily have the ability to keep the film library in good condition yeah. and make it viable. Uh, so you, it can be any of these things, and it's it's just tricky. You have to deal with it uh, in different ways, and uh, I'm still figuring out how to do it. Uh, there, there's no one recipe, and everybody's different, and you just try your best. Yeah, and you do very well. You know what movie I just saw, um, and she did an interview with this. She was amazing, this child actress, and Nancy Davis was in it, also known as Nancy Reagan, and that was Gigi called Perot. Gigi. I thought her name was Gigi, and all of a sudden, no, it's I'm like, Gigi. I know, and I feel like something. Yeah. Gigi. I'm sorry, Gigi, but Shadows on the Wall, and you showed that on Raleigh. Just recently, not too long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And She's terrific. Oh, my God, is she great in that film. And I saw that you interviewed her as well. Um, what a great movie. And Nancy, you know, Nancy's Nancy. But she was like 30 or 20. She always seemed older and sterner. She does. She, she, exactly. She's just like this kind of... Uh, uh, stick in the mud. Yeah. No, fun. <laughs> Funny piece of gossip, though, was when Audrey Tauter said that Nancy was upset because she, they never wanted her to do pinup shots. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. That was in, that was in my book, yeah. Yeah, that was a riot. Nancy was kind of bugged because, you know, huh, nobody wants me to do a swimsuit layout. You Gee, know? didn't Frank Sinatra say she had thick, thick ankles? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, whatever. But, but you know, Gigi's the, Gigi's a total delight, and uh, you know, she's—I think she's like seventy-eight. She now looks or fab. I saw. She I saw is the fab. Internet. She's totally I fab. Saw the she's interview got like today. the energy of a twenty-five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and she was a an acting teacher for many years, and there's a lot of people in Southern California who who took her courses. You know. Um, so when I showed when I showed Shadow on the Wall recently in Hollywood, Gigi came out and did it. That's where you saw the tape, I guess, of the yeah. interview that we had done. Uh, but a lot of people came to that screening who had been her students. Wow! It was really it was wonderful to see. Nice tribute for her. And she was, you know, you wonder how these child stars are so good and i mean she really she carried the movie she was wonderful she did she's fantastic it's a great performance really yeah. and it's it's like what is she she's like is she a midget here she's great she's wonderful yeah i think she was i, I can't remember i think she was nine years old yeah. when she made that movie something like that and uh yeah some people just have an incredible natural talent that uh isn't taught 
No, these and then it's children. funny that they go on to try to teach it to other people, and it's like, wow, that's kind of weird. And she must have seen a number of people come through her class who, you know, it's like, well, I'll take your money, but <laughs> I well, don't know that you can actually do this. Well, you know? I think that's with every acting class and every acting teacher. <laughs> you go and, and yeah. I did, you know, I, I, I went to um, acting school. I went to Emerson for theater arts. And then I moved here at 20 because I said, I'm done with Boston. I want to come to New York. And then I ended up doing stand-up comedy rather than that. But, um, yes, much better. Um, you can work doing that, you know? You yeah, can, yeah, of course. You're the writer-director. I hate to be told what to do. Writer-director, producer, and if you fail, you fail on your own time. So that was the scoop on that. So I'm going to ask you this question. People ask these, okay, you know, Desert Isle. I'm going to say, let's say, because this is, I'm in New York City. You were going to be stuck, and I'm being nice. Okay. You're only going to be stuck on the New York City subway system for only three months. Not a year, not for the rest of your life. I'm being nice. Okay. Because it is the New York subway system. So, right. so, what three movies would you take with you? The Taking of Pelham 123. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know, there you go. I mean... It, because then that way I would say it could be worse. True. It could be worse. I could be in this movie, right? So, yes, and it's cleaned uh, up a lot. Even though it's still skanky, it's cleaned up yeah. a lot. I love that movie, though. Oh, me too. I mean, that's really, that's really not a bad... Uh, I, I'm kind of only half joking because that is a really fantastic movie. It is. I love that the woman, one woman sleeps through the whole thing. That is a bride. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Um... I have shown that, in fact, at my at my Noir City Film Festival. I have shown that as a as an example of a great heist picture. Yes, and it is. It's, it's fabulous. Uh, they, they steal a subway train. Um, okay, uh, I'm. Jeez, uh, these are tough questions. It's hard because I couldn't choose. It's hard. Uh, I would probably. Like, what's a film that I could just watch over and over and over again? But see, I the, the reason I'm a bad person to ask this question to is because I take it too seriously. I'm, I don't just, I think it through. Like, well, let's see, I'm going to be on there for three months. It's like, uh, you know, if I, want, I must have to, like, take some kind of sex film or something. Right? Because, right? I mean, it just seems like logical, right? I want to take some trashy grindhouse movie that has absolutely no real plot, but just lots of action that, you know, I can just watch this endlessly on a loop or something. Um, or do I want to take, like, something that's just going to, you know, feed the soul uh, for three months. I I don't know. It's very difficult. I might take Rafifi, the French heist picture. Mm-hmm. I, so, I just love that movie. I can just watch it endlessly because it's just so entertaining for me. Um, I don't know. Then then it's like, oh, well, I got to look at the same actors over and over again. So who can I look at a million times on screen? I, I I, I do know. the same I thing. If somebody asks me that question, I I really have to think it out too because I I it's like I don't know. I I jeez, that's so hard to choose. But I have to tell you, I'll let you get stuck in the subway system by me. Um, it's right up the street, and they have like uh, a little stores down there and things like that. They have like restaurants and huge wine stores. So okay, good. You know, you're safe. It's good. You'll have a nice time in the subway system. 
Okay. Ex- okay. Very except good. Except for Thank the rats, you, you know. Well, you're going <laughs> to bring me like food and wine? Is that the deal while I'm trapped down there? Well, there is food and wine down there. Okay. Well, then I'm then I'm then I'm set. Okay. Very <laughs> so good. So you're all set. See, I'm am a nice person who puts you. I don't put you on a desert island for the rest of your life. Okay. I appreciate that. My friend Anthony, who has a crush on you, kidding, kinda, said, <laughs> asked if he could ask you. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Anthony. He asked. He wants to know these three questions. He wants to okay. know your favorite non-American noir. So would that have I think been? I, just, I think I just said Rafiki. Yes. That, okay. That, I'll let that stand. Okay. Yeah, okay. And what movie do you consider? There are cons- plenty of others, but yes. I'm gonna, I'll go with that. Yeah. Because that was like your subway one. So mm-hmm. we got to figure that. It's pretty high on your list. Um, what movie... Do you consider noir that people would argue with you about and say you are wrong? Oh gosh, there, there's a lot of those. Um, uh, let me see. Well, I, I've just written. I am even this morning. I'm writing introductions for the show, and I find myself very often saying, "I know there's a lot of hardcore people out there who are going to say, oh, my God, that's not film noir.' Like repeat performance, there are people who are going to say that's not film noir because there's a supernatural element to it. Uh, so it can't be film noir. And some people, like I just wrote an intro for Sweet Smell of Success. And there are people who don't believe that's a film noir because there's no femme fatale. There's no, as I say, there's no punishable crime committed in the movie, although the the crimes against humanity are deep in that film. Well, the little femme uh, fatale, what's her name? The one who talks like this? Barbara Nichols, isn't she? Oh, Barbara Nichols. <laughs> but, she's, but she's not the femme fatale because she's she's the exploited one in that yes, movie. I mean, she's definitely. a very sad character. Very, yes. Um. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff like that. I'll twist it around a little bit because I just wrote an intro for The Big Sleep. And I argue in my intro that that's not really film noir. The Big Sleep. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm turning the whole thing around. But, yeah, the Bogart and McCall, you know, The Big Sleep. Oh, of course. You know, um, I, I kind of make a case for that being more of a screwball comedy than a film noir. Well, it is so convoluted. It's crazy. And at a certain point, they give up on the logic of the mystery, and they just go for the entertaining fun, you know? And they kept working on that movie to make it more... more convoluted and and more sexual innuendo and all this kind of stuff that ends up making the film something to me very different than a, a film noir. It looks exactly like film noir, but in its heart, it's really kind of a comedy. So, Which I know a lot of people disagree with you on that. I oh don't, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. it's a comedy. I find it confusing and not really entertaining it, and convoluted. And I will, I will, I will use a, a better word. It's more of a lark than it is a real noir. It, it, I got it, you. it may not be an out-and-out comedy, but nobody's taking this very seriously. How can you? It's so weird. You can't keep no. up with it. It's like, geez, what's you know, what's what's going on here, pussycat? I don't catch it. Yeah. What are these tomatoes talking about? I don't know. Exactly. I gotta ask you. <laughs> this is one of my, uh, this is a hoot film to me. But would you consider? I don't know if you've ever seen it. You probably have. Female on the Beach with Joan Crawford and yeah. Jeff 
uh, what was Jeff Chandler? Chandler. Yeah. Well, there. Yes, I have. I have shown it. You have. Our festivals. I have. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Joan fan. Me too. And um, all of those '50s super melodramas that she did, they all have a slight noir tinge to them. Um, that she, in fact, brings to it. Um, you know, but this is a thing that I talk about quite a bit, that uh, female movies, female-centric movies, yes. uh, like Stanwyck and Crawford, and often aren't considered film noir because the guys who write the film histories and the criticism refuse to see women in the same way that they see the men. Which is ridiculous. Like, noir is about a man's world and men being Mm. compromised and women destroying men and all this stuff. And it's like, well, if you take the exact same story and do a gender reversal on it so that it's the woman, like Autumn Leaves or something. I love Autumn Leaves. Where the woman falls in love with this young guy. And then it turns out, like, he's crazy. He's a psychopath, you know? Yes. Like, that's pretty noir. Oh, I love that. Have you ever shown it? Or do you show it at the film festival? I haven't haven't shown Autumn Leaves, but I wouldn't be adverse to it, you know? I like all those those desperate Crawford movies. I do, too. She's she's really trying to hang on to her youth. Yes. I love her in that movie, and she's like, she's. They do sort of like a, um, uh, you know, they go to the beach on her first date with this guy who just is a psychopath, and um, they do this roll around, (laughs) like like it's uh, the one. Yes, yes, yeah, and that was the yes. I, 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 so the answer, I guess, is I. Um, I don't call them full-fledged noir, but I call them (laughs) noir-stained, sort of, um, because there's an element of of that. And and it's interesting because it goes both ways. I mean, there's the noir movement in the 1940s up through the very early 1950s where it was all over the place. But then you can very easily see movies before that time that where it's starting to develop and then after that time where it's, it's still there, but it's dissipating. A little bit. And those Crawford movies, to me, are are like that. You know, when she made um, Mildred Pierce and Possessed. Possessed was an amazing, amazing performance. Damn Don't Cry and Uh Sudden Fear. Those those movies are full-on noir. But then she's doing stuff like This Woman is Dangerous and female on the beach and autumn leaves and all this stuff that that are not quite noir, but... There's still trace elements. And they're great uh, fun and great films to watch. They really are. I enjoy all of them. Uh, And she is, she's just, and and with, let's face it, in the 50s, how many movies did um, Stanwyck do? I mean, first she does, of course, 42. Uh, What's that? Was it 44? Her first one in the bad wig, um, Double Indemnity. Oh, Double Indemnity, yeah. That's 1944, yeah. 44. Yeah, and she goes straight through. I mean, she's all the way up to the late 50s still do. You know, Crime of Passion that she made in, I think, 57 or 58 with Sterling Hayden and Raymond Burr, that's a genuine film noir love it and she's uh, she's really a bad girl in that but she's bored and i love the whole she's I, bored yeah and i then, mean that's kind of an early you know uh you could almost call that a feminist 
film because I mean she goes nuts but she goes nuts because she sacrifices her career as a newspaper woman to just be a wife a stay at home wife well, and she, then she tries to live you know through her husband's career and you know and everything goes haywire but he has and, no desire to be anything but just a regular cop I mean, she falls for this big hunk of hunk of stone. Oh, yeah, Hayden, yeah, yeah. Hayden, let's face and, but it. But he has no ambition, and she can't stand right. that. And so she starts pushing for him to get the promotions and all this stuff. And, yeah, we won't spoil the plot. For right. People. Faye Ray's in that as well. I just, I, yeah, I had yeah. Faye Ray's daughter on, uh, Victoria Riskin. And what a great book she wrote about Faye and her father, Robert Riskin. But, yeah, Faye was there. She had to do some work after that. And then she went in also in another Joan film, um, Queen Bee, which was... Oh, Queen Bee. That's have you ever like, seen that uh, one? Whoa. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> In some ways, that's like the ultimate Joan Well, film. that's what her daughter said. Christina said that. If you watch <laughs> Queen Bee, that's my mother. That's what I dealt with every day. And... Um, that's quite the performance. Well, I gotta give her that. that. That's like the, you know, before she went into full-on camp, you know, with Baby Jane and all that stuff. Well, um, what's that other one she did? Torch Song? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. That. Also, yeah, Baby Jane. Um, the uh, but Queen Bee, Queen Bee is like right in the middle of that string we were talking about her her 50s early 50s melodramas and and that one is as campy as as it gets yes she's so beautiful and you know she she has these kids i think joan's like about 55 and she's got like a four and five year old kid well like i say it was all about desperately clinging to the youth yes joan always and she was fabulous but who could not say she was fab because she was um so you eddie i'm gonna say this you are having a sort of traveling um, I have the dates here and everything and I will post it uh, when I post your uh, with this podcast but you know save the date Noir City and you're going to Chicago you're going to Detroit you're going to What's Washington D.C. Washington D.C. and then of course back the place to... that doesn't need more noir. <laughs> you but I, I will be going there. Anyway. But what I don't get, I'm asking you because we New Yorkers love our classic films. <laughs> we love noir. We love it. Why don't you come to New York City? I have to be invited. I'm inviting you as the president of my no, apartment. No, no, no. There, ha- there <laughs> has to be there has to be a, a venue, you know, hmm. that, that is that suits what we do mm-hmm. and uh you know quite honestly uh you know there there have been trial balloons in new york but nothing uh comes of it hmm. uh for for whatever reasons i'm not exactly sure i you know totally uh, bombed it, it would yeah uh i do um i do stuff with the museum of modern art which is not a Noir City event. It's just they invite me to come in and present films, which I'm happy to do. Every year they have their fabulous uh, um, Festival of Preservation, which they call, you know, to um, to serve and project, uh, to preserve and project or something <laughs> yeah. like that, you know. And um, and I, I kind of regularly participate in that, but it's not a Noir City festival. Um, and... You know, I, I have 
ideas as to why uh, New York is not an inviting place. <laughs> um, but I'd be happy to do it. If uh, I mean, if you know of a venue that is willing to do this, uh, let me know. I will. But the ones, the ones that I've dealt with. Uh, are are happy proceeding doing their own noir things without me. Hmm. But you're so, you know, listen, your books that are off the market, I mean, they're gone up 20, 30 bucks in just a year. To... <laughs> well, that's just a scarcity <laughs> principle there. That's, Not that's quite. Not quite. And I'm like, I'll hold on to my book for another year. Maybe it'll be up another 20 bucks. I'm kidding. I would never sell it. Um, uh, cause I love my books. And I also love your other book, the lost world of film noir, dark city, fabulous guys. This is still in print and you can get that. And it no, is... it's not anymore. No, you're it's kidding. It's not in print anymore because I finally got the rights back to that one as well. Oh, I which I am also... Now, that one I am really looking to do a revised and expanded edition. It, it has been over 20 years since that book came out. And finally, uh, St. Martin's, who, you know, I'm completely beholden to them for publishing it in the first place. It was, uh, uh, you know, not an ordinary book back then 20 years ago in format or style or anything. And they, uh, they were very, um, very good to work with. But 20 years is enough, you know, and uh, I, I want to redo the book and put new information in it and add films that weren't included in that edition. And um, and I got the rights back. And so I'm looking to, Yay. to do that. So then you can publish you can publicize that here, too. Absolutely. Wonderful yeah. books. I'm telling you, I love the way you write, Eddie. You know, really. Thank you. There's so much that. It's crushable about you. Your writing, your humor, you're cute as a button. You're a palooka from Palookasville. You know, you like tomatoes. You like that, Now, that part's true. That part's true. He is a palooka <laughs> from Palookasville. Yeah. And you like the, you write about dames and, you know, broads and uh, gams. And I love you. You're just fabulous. You really are. You're, you're funny. You Thank have... you. Thank you. Stop. Stop. Stop already. But I My love wife's you. in the other room. She'll she... hear. Oh, you're... she tell her she's a lucky girl. And uh... I try to tell her that all the time. She just kind of. But I'm sure she's a wonderful woman because she. Indeed. She takes care of her Eddie. And that is wonderful. <laughs> but women can... and men can still have crushes on you, Eddie. And be very chaste. <laughs> okay. Chaste crushes. So when you come to New York, please let me know if you're doing that at the uh, museum, because I would love to come sure, and see course, that. Please course. do that, because that, and if I, I, I can't imagine that New York does not have the venues, and I think they should have you here, and, uh, you know, how dare these noir people think that they are the king of noirs when you are? <laughs> You tell them. You tell them, Grace. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. So, and of course, I will. Of course, uh, uh, look you up when I when I next come to New York. Please do, because I would love to see you and listen and and get involved in all that stuff. And uh, thanks again, Eddie. Anything else you want to tell us, or you want to? Um, anything. Anything you want to discuss is is fair game for me i mean uh is there anything you we haven't touched on what about the wine stuff you're not doing that anymore <laughs> uh no although they still send me cases of wine which i think is fantastic. fab fab um 
No, I uh, I think the wine club is its is uh, its thing now. I mean, I it's, think it's a, quite a success. I was happy to do it. Um, you I, were cute when you were drinking your wine, but sometimes some of the food that they had in front of you, I they they, really they need they need to start a, a, a TCM hard liquor club. <laughs> you like your and, bourbon, uh, right? <laughs> and then I'll then I'll be back. I think I I am sort of the pitch man for that already, even though there are no <laughs> there are no brand uh, things involved. The whole cocktail thing has become like a thing. Uh, with Noir Alley and people on social media, like making cocktails appropriate for each film I show and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of fun. That's very because, fun. Uh, I, I I do like my cocktails. Um, I do after too. After work is done, mm-hmm. so th- that's all good as far as I'm concerned. the The other thing that has been uh, really interesting is um, how people have responded to the ties. You know that I wear you, I wear vintage ties. I love your ties. So cute. Yeah. So now I get a lot of people sending me ties. They they you know they send ties to TCM. I guess they they're hoping like Eddie will like the tie and then it'll end up on TV. You know. Which Have you ever worn it? Happened. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I wore this fabulous tie on last week's show that had Asta. You know, oh, on the course. tie. Oh, I love and, Asta. Uh, I wasn't showing the thin man or anything, but it was like this tie is so great. This, was, yeah, and it was an old friend of mine that I used to know in San Francisco who moved away, and then one day a package appeared at my door, and he had sent me like thirty ties. He said, "I used to wear these all the time, but I don't anymore." But I see, watching your show, that you'll appreciate this, and so um, that that tie was for him. I wore that tie for him. Very handsome. You always look dapper. What can I tell you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Don't make me too self-conscious now, Grace. Come on. Oh, come on. You're dapper. You're you're the king. You're dapper. What else can I say? You're uh a... you're a Renaissance man, darling. So thank you. I appreciate that. I think uh, I think we've raised Ben's game a little bit. I love right, Ben. I, you notice he's wearing like really nice suits now. Yes. You he, know, Ben left to his own devices. He would wear like a, a leather jacket and jeans. And, yes, he used and, you to know, always wear jeans that he, is, that he sleeps in. <laughs> he always wore jeans, but I like oh, that. They've got the him in jeans. Some really, I don't, sometimes I tune him on, and I'm like, damn, I'm envious of that suit. That's a nice looking. He's suit. He's looking quite dapper as well. I have yeah. to say, he does. But I still thought he was cute in his jeans. Got to say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing so, wrong with a man wearing a nice pair of jeans. No, no. he. he I, you, I wouldn't do it. You'll never see me in jeans. Do you never but wear I, them I, in real life? No, no. Hmm. I, they just don't work for me. They don't work for me. Anyway. Well, you always look good in whatever you wear, I'm sure. Thank you. And I bet you have groovy shoes and stuff like that, too. Um, I have a few. <laughs> Okay, so I am thrilled, Eddie, that you were here. I want to, again, say thanks, TCM, for hiring Eddie. Thank you, Eddie, for getting us all these wonderful films. And you guys can see Eddie Saturday evenings, the witching hour at midnight. And he won't say good evening to you, but he means it. And you can see him 10 a.m., Sunday mornings, not saying good morning to you. How is your hangover? But he means it. And he is all over the place 
Go to eddiemuller.com if you really want to read some really great stuff. He has extras and great stories, and you can find all the books and everything he's read. And I just, it's a great website. And, um, you can't you can't buy all the books I've read. You can buy all the books I've written, but you can't buy all the books I've read. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff there. <laughs> and he again, you can check out the Film Noir Foundation and he's going to be all over the place except New York City. Uh, I will be in New York City. It just won't be a, a, a show with a ticket. Yes. Uh, I will be in New York. City. I'm very bummed about that. I have to I have to dig into some uh, Okay, well you're you're I, I've just deputized you. Great. Great. Okay. You go figure this all out, and you you determine how we're going to get a North City event in uh, in Manhattan. People would love it. it doesn't even have to be in Manhattan. It could be in Queens. It yeah, could, or Brooklyn. I mean, they're all like trendoid joints now. So yeah, um, yeah definitely. Because you know, all right, everybody who's listening in in New York, you know, come on. We want this. Let's let, let's go out. We'll go. We'll go. We'll take to the streets. Very good. Very good. <laughs> well, I'll wear I can my think fedora. Of other things that you want to take to the streets about maybe before a Noir City Festival. But <laughs> well, I have, like, Eddie. I have. Believe me. Okay. <laughs> but what the heck? You can always do that. And I am gonna so watch Eddie. And he's going to come back on and discuss those books that I love, 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 read. And I can't wait to read your updates. I think those are going to be fabulous. And to talk about um, some movies that are coming out. And I am looking forward to that. I'm going to link uh, your dates that you're going to be everywhere. Okay, great. I appreciate that. Put your, you know, all your stuff out there for everybody to get. And thank you, um, you are such a wonderful guest, and I just, no wonder, I think you're the sweller and swellest okay. guy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Grace. I'm very fond of you as well. Thank you, Eddie, and um, um, hopefully we talk soon. Thanks so much. Okay. Can't I be so, so long. I hope so. Okay. Not so long in between. Thank you. Take care, dear. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.